Welcome to my house, guys. It's good to hey. be here. <laughs> What's good? Everything, man. Living. Feeling great, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seth, what about you? How you feeling? I'm good. You know, just chilling. Weird entanglements. Weird entanglements. <laughs> is, I think, maybe the word of the day. <laughs> Has anybody actually listened to this August Alsina album? It's a big no for me. Yeah, yeah. fat no for me. Too. Yeah, I. <laughs> this has got to be like, I, I feel like it was like an ingenious press tour because it's like, oh yeah, we dropped the album and then we have like a controversy to go behind it, except nobody's listening to it. And I didn't even recognize him in the interviews with his like red hair. Does he have red hair now? Yeah, he had like these glasses and like Ronald McDonald like part of red, it, red pink. It's a new look. Yeah, I didn't. I was like, that's him. <laughs> it, it was. It was crazy. Uh, I don't even know what the fuck happened. Um, Kiki Palmer's like in this now, some kind of way. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I'm way behind. <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> Twitter, Twitter keeps you up to date. Oh, are you pretty big on Twitter? Yeah, sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. I don't know, man. Um, Twitter, I get lost in it. Like I like to tweet every now and again when I think I have something clever to say, which like never ends up being all that clever, but. I don't get a whole lot of information from it. I feel like a lot of, I get a lot of information from YouTube. It's a little both for me. A little both. Yeah. A bit of A, a bit of B. Well, I feel like you're one of my favorite people on Instagram. I feel like the way that you use Instagram is the way that other people should follow, you know, just because it's like, it's informative and funny. It's like the Twitter, Facebook, like the bridge. taking the good things from each and like. Yeah. 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 Oh. Informing people in an entertaining way, I feel like is what. You do better than a lot of people I follow on Instagram. Right? I need follow you on Instagram. Yeah, follow me. Yeah. We'll do all the like social media shit after yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate that. Like 90% of the time, I'm just, I just be saying shit. Sometimes <laughs> I'll be in a mood and like I actually have something to say. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But most of the time, I just be running my mouth. <laughs> hey, that's what we came here to do. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I always tell people that's all podcasts are really. It's just people fucking talking. See, the only podcasts I've seen have been... Uh, Chris D'Elia, who's now canceled. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he's that's very canceled. <laughs> very hardly. Ca- and uh, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do watch Joe Rogan. Um, I, he has a lot of guests that I'm into. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, that's just like the big dog as far as podcasts are concerned. Oh, yeah. yeah. And didn't he do like an exclusive now with like Apple? Spotify. Spotify. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, I think when, when the, I think September rolls around, like you have to listen to his show on Spotify. This has come up on every episode. So really? Like, yeah, yeah. Because well, it's just like it's such a big thing. Yeah, it's huge. Like, um, how do y'all feel about Spotify? Like, because you you guys have been busy as far as like the release thing this year. It's a love hate. I really like what yeah. they do for artists, but at the same time, I hate what they do for artists as far as like the percentage yeah. per stream. Mm-hmm. But as far as like an interface, I I personally prefer it. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. Right, as a user, it's like the most friendly, but then at the same time, as an artist, it's like navigating the the world of playlisting is just a miserable experience sometimes. Because yeah. it's like half of it is super payola, and then the other half of it is like, how do you break through the noise? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go any further, like we're just sitting here running our mouths, which we will do and we'll continue to do. I'm sitting <laughs> here with Owen Street. Shout out to the homie. My man. Shoot, uh, sitting here with Joffrida. Also shout out to the homie. I invited them on the podcast. Uh, these guys have been super busy this year. Um, 
Owen, you've got three singles out right now. You dropped them about, what, maybe three weeks apart each? Just about, like that. Yeah, just about. Just about. Um, so we're going to get into Lilac. We're going to get into Baby Blues. We're going to get into Confetti. And then you produced those singles. Yeah. All of them. Yeah, okay. all of them. So we're going to get into that. We're going to get into the music video for Lilac. We're going to get into Leap Year, yep. too. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But right now, we're going to talk about Spotify and playlisting <laughs> yeah. real quick. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. Um, you Because you for a little bit, you I think Lilac landed on a playlist at one point, didn't it? It did, yeah. One yeah. of the editorials, which is... Insane. Big moves. <laughs> big boy, big moves. Yeah. Did you do, like, go through the Spotify, like, pitch things that I got on there? Oh, yeah. Um, always always make sure to do that before I, you know, anything actually hits the, s- the stores or the platforms or anything. Um, but it, it was, like, a month after it had come out until it landed on the, the editorial. Oh, no shit. So it was, like, super random to me because I just woke up to that email about it, and I'm like, is this spam? Is this, like, somebody, like fronting on me yeah. right now mm-hmm. a little bit but it was it's cool man it's surreal um like just to also look at like the artists that you're paired with or like sitting next to you on the playlist and it's like to think that you know i could belong in that the caliber of creator is like crazy you know yeah because it's just like the i think the community is something that spotify does have going for it too yeah. to where it's like certain playlists have cultivated certain like communities among artists and then among like fan bases of those artists like the the lorem playlist is one that i pay a lot of attention to or like pollen yeah where it's pollen. like mm-hmm. genreless exactly it's like building this like genreless community of artists where like anything goes as long as it's like in the name of love and creation i don't know yeah like sweet shit yeah. Congrats on that, dude, because I know how <laughs> hard it can be. Oh, man. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> I'm surprised it took it took a month. Why do you think that was? The algorithm? Um, yeah. It uh, Yeah, once it uh, broke through the algorithm, I think like a week after it was in, like the like suggested for other songs was then when like Spotify started to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. I feel, because like I had put out one song before, took it out, took it down because like, Disputes with the the guy who made the beat, a student in France. Um, oh hell, <laughs> per- Parisian. Um, so I guess like very pretentious in, in way, Parisians. <laughs> I like to be lilac as my debut single simply because it's the first one that's like we walked into the room together without it and came out with the song and it's like all us all done in that. Yeah, room completely hands on. So y'all ain't have yeah. shit. Like there was nothing when you when you when you made the record. Like no no track. Nothing. This guy's crazy because he he already has the songs written, so he'll just like, mm-hmm. like I have an idea, and then he'll <laughs> like sing the whole song from top to bottom, and I'm like, all right, cool, let's find the key, let's find the feel, and then he'll like show me some inspiration, and then Co- Michael Coast shouts out, he's usu- mm-hmm. usually there, Coast. yeah, um, and we all just kind of collectively like shape it and just now, how did y'all link up? Because We've known each other for at least we've been acquainted for like a couple of years. I've been to one of your shows before. This was like in September. Um, was it? It was at the the East Room, is where it was. Was it just like that? Is is like that records? I, I guess that's what it was. Was it like just I, me or was it? Like, no, it was it was, it was you had a bunch of friends. Yeah, that that, that was it's like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So like I've been aware of you, but like we've like you know we know a lot of the same people and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But how did y'all end up working together? We were co-workers. <laughs> Me, him, and Michael Coase all worked at the same uh, same place. Yeah. I don't know if we shouldn't drop any names just because it's like... 
I don't tell anybody <laughs> where I where I work currently. I like I'll, I'll say Bar Taco when I you know uh-huh. if, if it comes up, but uh, that's up yeah. to y'all. So y'all were well, cool. Our, our former place of business is being sued right now, so it's like yeah, <laughs> don't need to bring <clears throat> to it. <laughs> yeah, but we all met there, and it's funny because Owen was a host at the time, and <laughs> I would you know the way the dichotomy was between servers and host is usually don't talk to the host, you mm-hmm. know. But I liked his swag, like straight up. I just liked the way he looked. And then his roommate slash friend James was like, told me the style of music he did. Because in this city, it's it's harder to find. Yeah, It's becoming more prevalent. But I was like, what? I was like, I knew I liked him. And then like, <laughs> I think we just like talked like, as soon as I, I think I like walked up to you literally at the host stand. I was like, yeah, James told me. It was right when Good Company had dropped. Like you like told me that you made music, sent me the link during work. I think I, like, in the middle of my shift, like, went to the bathroom to listen to it, and I'm like, yo, who is this dude? <laughs> I see him every day. <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, we got lucky with that. And Michael Coast was working with us, too. Mm-hmm. The three of us, like, I think the first time we ever hung out, we just got hammered at the lake. But then, oh. like, the first time we really, really hung out. Did music we, stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we sat down and the first Wapina song happened like before we had worked on any of each other's. Like, and James was actually stuff. on that playing guitar. <laughs> Shout out James. He man. was he was the bridge. Sweet. Yeah. Cause, oh yeah, y'all. Yeah, because you you've got the like the side project too, and I guess it's like both of your side projects. Yeah. yeah. Like a passion project. Passion project. Yeah. It's my outlet for happy music. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Happier yeah, sure. than than I would normally write. I guess in a way it kind of splits the difference. Like Wapina kind of splits the difference between like the Joffrey sound and the Owen Street sound. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. yours is def- you got more kind of like a laid back vibe going. Leap Year is kind of like. It's got a laid back vibe, but it's also got like a chill and get drunk at the lake kind of vibe yeah. too. You know yeah, what I'm exactly, saying? Exactly. Um, you said that the, the kind of music that you were looking for, you were having a hard time finding in Nashville. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, moved here from Dallas, Texas, mm-hmm. and you know it's definitely the scene there. It, it, there is this hard, harder to find musicians or artists. Period. You know, because there's so many people there, and it's like, oh, you do music, we got a club, because you're like the one in ten thousand. I mean, you know, and here's <laughs> everybody. So when I moved out here, I was in a uh, rock and roll '60s '70s band with my brother, the Bums. Okay. And um, so that was like my priority. But you know, coming from the roots that I was, I had always sought out for, you know, something more, uh, you know, hip hop, R and B, soul, contemporary sound. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I came across, like, funny enough, I, uh, me and It's Like That, my friends, like, Eleven, Andre and Purpose, Carmine Prophets, we found the this, boys. yeah, we found a cypher at Bearded Iris, the brewery, mm-hmm. uh, through a friend DTL, um, and that's where we pretty much met everyone we associate with now in the hip-hop scene, and funny enough, several of those guys had met Owen from a cypher they did at y'all's place years ago so it was this weird like connection we had through that funny enough so i kept missing you and missing you until we were on the same payroll and i was like yeah we should stay on the same payroll but not work in a restaurant yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly went into business together now do you consider your music to be hip-hop yeah what would you say to that um i have hip-hop influence word I would say my very first DP I put out, um, all jokes aside, I had um, even more hip-hop influence on that. But in this, where I'm going now, and like 
leap year just touching on that i would consider it more like indie r&b alternative and i I, i'm not someone who likes to put labels on music um but yeah that's just like the sound i go for um and as a producer i like to go into different types of genres Mm -hmm. so when it comes to myself it's kind of just how i feel and how to put these projects together like oh this is all this sound this is all this sound or like hey producing for him is more of my like funky side that i don't necessarily do for myself anymore kind of thing so yeah disco yeah dis- denim disco make it um, disco yeah and that that wasn't like a trick question or anything like that yeah. just but like you know listening to your music kind of weaves in and out yeah uh, you know what i'm saying i mean i'll just say like there's this thing and going back to dallas um as a I, like i said i grew up with rappers and like like lyricists and like they put me on to the history of everything and just like understanding it all. And so I was a late bloomer. I mean, relatively speaking um, to that. So to me, I was like, I'm not a rapper. Like I don't do that. I, I that like, I'm just a vocalist. And I had this like weird, uh, I guess thing on my head that I had to stick with like singing or like, you know, but it, I think it was after like, a sh- can we talk about, are yeah. after a shroom trip i kind of like had oh, this yeah. like epiphany <laughs> like yeah it's like are the kids watching this um but pretty much after a shroom trip it hit me i was like yo like i don't have to hinder my growth based on like a genre or sound i can just be a vocalist and flow or yeah. not and so i'd say hip-hop gave me that liberation of kind of just doing what you feel you the, that's one of the crazy things about music is we're all like creative dudes and you would think that that would be like the default mindset, right? That, mm-hmm. You know, I, I create what I want to create when I want to create it, but it's almost like that the culture of music puts boundaries on people. It's like you got to pick something. Yeah. Like you, you, you can't, you can't play guitar and make music that sounds kind of like J. Cole. Like those two things mm-hmm. don't work. It's like, well, why can't that shit work? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. It hasn't worked because people haven't been allowed by themselves or others to try it kind of thing you know i do think the internet does make it easier i think if like you know there were like physical gatekeepers to all this kind of stuff that kind of thing would be a whole lot harder yeah Mm, for sure and i know that i mean on a bigger level major labels marginalize artists and so maybe there were some of the greats that we looked up to that had projects that like genre bended but were put on the shelf because they didn't adhere to what the major label would you know want their agenda to be for them you know yeah so, but yeah, it's hard. Um, honestly, like hip hop allows for people to be flexible in a ways that other genres kind of don't. Yeah. Um, I wish like, you know, cause I make kind of like, I do the indie rock thing mm-hmm. and I, I, I wish that there was more of that spirit to where it's like, you know, every record that you make doesn't have to sound like this band from 20 years ago mm-hmm. in order for it to be quality or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Uh, so, this is something I'm interested in. Yeah. You did an EP. Mm-hmm. So you dropped four tracks at once. Yeah. You did three tracks at a time. Mm-hmm. So whoever wants to go first can go <laughs> first. Why do a full project? Why do singles one at a time? I um, I guess I didn't have the uh, the mental blueprint for a full project until like we had started to get in the flow of the singles. Mm-hmm. Like, um. It's funny that Lilac was the first single because it was not a song that I was even like showing people at the time. We uh, we stumbled upon it because we were playing a little house show at my place, and uh, we had like this acoustic arrangement for a different song 
where um, it was like the same like kind of feel as Lilac, but it's like it just didn't like the song as much. And I was like, can we just do this other song over this in like kind of same arrangement? I think it's more fun. And then they were like, yeah, why didn't you show us that before? That's the best song that you're doing in the set. And I was like, all right, we're um, do you want to record it? And then we did, and, you know, just, like, at that point, I was, like, thinking it was more of, like, an easing into or, like, a test run as far as dropping songs, you know, under Owen Street and, you know, with this aesthetic we found and, like, with this sound that we we're working on. And that led to, like, the EP that we're working on for me right now. Okay. Um, that I'm super stoked about. Um, but Leap Year was actually, I, I want you to talk more about this, too, but, like, I'm thinking like about the last song on Leap Year to where it's like you almost didn't even want to put that out, yeah. put it on the project. And yeah. it's like um, Is that talking talking to a wall. Is that the last one? On yeah, there? yeah. Yeah. Talking to a wall. I've been listening to both <laughs> of your songs. All, I haven't listened to anything else today <laughs> except Owen Street and Joff Rita. No way. Um, you didn't want it to be on the record. Why not? So <laughs> just to back it up a little bit, um, <laughs> November 2019, Carmine Prophets and I put out a joint collaborative project mm -hmm. um called it's all good and that was a project that was made in we made 18 tracks in two weeks the year before that so summer of 2018 mm -hmm. june mm -hmm. and in a two-week span um it was this very crazy process because two of our roommates the other uh, entree on purpose and eleven were out of town it was just carmen and i and it would be like he played a beat and because he's a beat maker shouts out and I was like, yo, okay, I'm gonna get on this. And then so while I was recording that track, he would be in his room making the next beat. So it was this conveyor belt conveyor belt process of like me recording on the beat he just made. And as soon as I'm done, I'm showing he's like, Cool, here's your next beat. And then so we did that for two weeks and ended up with 18 tracks, narrowed it down to like nine. Um, and had it mixed professionally by uh Lupe Fiasco's uh mixer, oh, okay, yeah. uh G Ball. And it was the first time we had ever invested and outsourced anything from it's like that records ourselves. So we were like, all right, let's go in, let's get a videographer, let's really go in on this project and see where money can take your music. Cause mm -hmm. we were very much so like, work with what you got. And so, like I said, November 2019, we put it out and it did, it like did well for what I wanted it to do, not like in numbers or anything, but just like the energy behind it. And for me, that project, uh, I touched on a lot of subject matters. And it has a, some of it has a serious note to it. And so for leap year, uh, 2020, um, I'm born on February 29th, so I'm a leap year baby. And so I wanted something before, you know, the, luckily I put it out before all this happened, but Hell yeah, I wanted, that. yeah, like <laughs> I know that's as soon, but I wanted something that was more like, cause that showed depth and not in that sense of it's all good, but like my lighthearted side, I like just more fun, uplifting. Cause that, kind of how i am as well so i yep. put and i wanted i think i was going to do this fourth song that had uh 11 and marco brando another guy on our label and it was this kind of like reggae uh kind of vibe and it was upbeat mm -hmm. but then talking to a wall which mm -hmm. was a song that was very serious to me mm. and meant a lot to me uh owen and michael coast like i told them about like I was debating, like, I don't know if I'm going to do fourth track, blah, blah, blah. And then they were, they pretty much, like, convinced me to put it on there. And yeah. and it's, like, really the only, like, deeply 
vulnerable song on that project. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, and it kind of fit the theme of every four years, you know, leap year, four tracks. Mm-hmm. Four seasons. Four seasons, you know. Um, and so I put it out, and so that's kind of how that happened. And then the tornado hit literally like a week later, <laughs> yeah. which is pretty crazy. So. And shit ain't been the same since, man. No. Nope. Shit has not been the same since. No. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. But, yeah. And uh, the, just where the tornado hit in particular is like, for you, more close to home than like anyone else that I know, it's like... Literally a week before the tornado hit, we're in his house having the listening party for Leap yeah. Year. And then it's like their entire neighborhood is just ravaged by this tornado. But it kind of happens like in like this radius around their house to where it's like even their cars, everything is like untouched. But then it's like one house over, one house across the yeah, street. Yeah, like everything around us pretty much had like a roof torn off. Like, yeah. And it's crazy because there's a fence uh, dividing our house from this, like, I guess, like duplex area next to us and my, i parked my car like right up against our back fence in our backyard it's not really a backyard but basically the fence fell and was like literally like five six inches away from smashing my car holy and, shit yeah so like oh we got away with like so blessed and just <laughs> lucky as fuck and like and y'all's yeah. house was like full of people when it happened too right? oh yeah like um my <laughs> girlfriend at the time or still dating her she was there <laughs> At the time, she wasn't my girlfriend, but now we are. You know, we make it through tornado and coronavirus. That's that's love. Yeah, we love you, Amy Claire. We love you. That's um, the one. But yeah, we literally. And it's funny. It wasn't spoken. Like no one was like, "Yo, run to the bathroom." It was just like she was about to leave back to her place, and then we're like, "Yo, this storm's getting a little wild. I don't know. Yeah. Like, let's wait it out." And then this energy, you just felt this like, you. I mean, it's it's a fucking tornado. You're like, oh shit, and all of us because it's a long house, so. No one said anything. We all just ran to this one bathroom. Like, intuition kicked in. Mm-hmm. And we're all just, like, in the bathtub shaking and our ears are popping and shit. Yeah. And I was, like, because she was, like, literally next to me. And I was, like, oh, it's probably just a gust of wind. Like, don't worry. Like, downplaying it. And then we walk outside and it's, like, literally all the poles are snapped in half. Like, fire down the street. Like, everyone's, like, outside. And we're, like, what the fuck? It was some wild shit. Like, we, I mean... We obviously all we went to the basement here, but it didn't like hit hit. Yeah, it's crazy because it hit like right where Five Points is. Yeah, was, like right the fuck yeah. up there. Yeah, but I remember I will, like remember this for as long as I live. I remember um, this is probably like the week before like everything started to shut down, but down there on Main Street, like where Gallon turns into Main Street, uh, I was going somewhere with a friend or whatever, and they, that area still didn't have power yet. And this is like eleven o'clock at night. And there were, like, a few cop cars, like, you know, on each side of the street. And they had, like, their lights on. But there were no lights anywhere. And it was, like, it was like the opening scene in Terminator. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever seen that. Like, it, that, little, that stretch literally looked like the world had ended. Because yeah. there was rubble everywhere. It's and like I Am Legend type yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah. And now look. Now look. It's yeah. like, yeah. It's, like, actually like that. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the precursor to all this shit. Yeah, it was just one thing after another. Nashville has been going through. It's pretty, pretty yeah. wild. Yeah, uh-huh. crazy. That being said, though, I mean, I I, I appreciate guys like y'all because as far as the tunes, y'all keep it pretty upbeat, you know. I think that's important for people to have right now. I agree. Trying to, it's like I I've noticed the more that I write with Ja, the more that I write with Michael Coast or Eleven Carmine, any of the dudes on ILT, it's like the more uplifting it becomes, the more people are brought into it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's like when I'm by myself, obviously I'm dwelling on some more you know, darker parts of my head, but like 
I'm with the people I, you know, enjoy being around the most. It's like it comes out of you, man. To bring that, that good vibe. The best good. out of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, I feel like especially like the stuff we're working on now, it's like probably the happiest and most like sunshiny stuff I've ever done. It's cool. Sweet. Never envisioned it like that. But so you're bringing the melodies as far as when you guys are teaming up, like Owen, you're bringing the melodies to the table. Yeah, basically the it's it's weird and in in my favorite kind of way where it's like I'm so happy to have found someone that's willing to like take the way that I write songs and like make it efficient and make it, you know, productive and like being able to work with someone like him that can kind of see the future in a way where it's like I'm coming with just an acapella of a song and he hears the rest of it. I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> big shoes. He said you can see the future. He's got a crystal ball, man. It's the shrooms is what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just tripping all the fucking time. <laughs> now, are you playing everything on these records? Yeah. Basically. Um, except the acoustic. Not <laughs> acoustic is only Michael Coast. Yeah. Uh, okay. Reserved for strictly Michael Coast. Sweet. But his, um, it's his particular acoustic just sounds better than anything. Yeah, that guy's just a force to be reckoned with. Shout out Michael Coast on the acoustic guitar. Yeah. And yeah. But, but as yeah. far as backing vocals go, like, it will usually end up being us three mm -hmm. for the most part. Like, mm -hmm. it will be like him do whatever. And then, like, I'll do maybe the highs or something. And then mm -hmm. we get Coast to come in and do his. <laughs> no. And I was, was going to ask about that because in in Jaws music and Owens music and in Wapenia, uh background vocals are a pretty big part of it. A lot of call and response, a lot of stacking, and that sort of thing. We love vocals. Oh yeah, yeah, we love them. Great instrument. <laughs> a absolutely. Um, and I mean, it's it's probably just the most versatile thing out of everything. You know, like yeah. it, it's it's really hard to like find something new to do with a guitar, but there's always something new to be done with background vocals. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And yeah. That's a lot, I love that we share the mindset of like. The voice is an instrument too. Yeah, you know? mm -hmm. exactly. It's like, and it's the coolest instrument to me because it's unique to each person. It's like any singer that you come across has spent their entire life trying to like hone in on their tone. It's like mm -hmm. wild. I yeah. Yeah, I didn't when 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 Lilac came out. I was like, I didn't I didn't know that you sang because the 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 time that I remember like you performing. This was at Ted's house. I was in my rap phase. Yeah, you. It was yeah. you and Jake, Bars. and it was like, yeah, he was like rapping, spiritual, lyrical, miracle, individual. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Now, Straight are you up. now on, on this new EP? Are we gonna get any rapping? Yeah, actually, I. Oh uh, shit. Um, before the EP, we'll get some rapping. Okay. Um, it's uh, so I know we talked about the three singles that we've dropped. There's a fourth. Um, mm. I don't really want to talk about when it's going to come out too much, or like I don't want to do any promo really beforehand. I haven't told you that either, so um, I'm in the dark. I'm <laughs> glad I said something. This before is just like the red like, table. I just put the tape over my mouth. N not that I'm like mysterious enough or like interesting enough to do that. It's just like I don't. Um, when I originally wanted to put it out, it was around the time that George Floyd. Happened. Uh, actually, Confetti came out, I think, either the day of or the day before George Floyd happened. And I was like, I got to take a step back. I got to yeah. take like five to ten steps back. Yeah, priorities shift. shifted. Like, yeah, it's like my voice isn't what needs to cut through right now at all. You know, it's like, but it also put a lot just in perspective for me of like, you know, what an end goal of being a musician could be. It's like, it's not necessarily about like, 
the music itself isn't going to be, you know, what heals everyone. It's like if you get a platform where you can amplify voices and educate people and, you know, you know, funnel resources and shit like that. It's like that is what the real end goal has turned into for me where it's like, you know, it's it's nice to like think in your own head that like you're going to write a song that's going to like cultivate world peace or like end world hunger. But it's like the song is kind of a stepping stone to getting that platform where you can make real change. I feel yeah, like absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's like mm-hmm. a lot of what's been on my mind recently. So yeah, the, the fourth of uh, like the flower singles will be out soon. More rapping on there. Um, but yeah, I'm still going to wait a little bit. Uh, yeah. Just, I feel like what's happening in the city and the country and yeah. the world is just more important. Yeah. Have you guys made it down to the plaza at all? I've uh, I had a, as you know, I had a COVID scare, so I haven't recently. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a free man now, though, so mm. trying to go down there. Yeah. At some point. <clears throat> Likewise, I mean, we did the the big protest. Yeah. And then, I actually I'm about to move into a new house. Huh? Some. Congrats. Home, almost officially a homeowner. Oh shit! Yeah. Super congrats. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I knew it was a process, but holy shit! Like the the energy that you have to put towards that on top of like everything else going on it's just like luckily yeah in 12 days it'll be over with but i definitely want to go to the plaza mm-hmm. um they're removing the bus now, yeah right? yeah uh-huh. yeah that was a that was a big win yeah, yeah. get that shit out of tennessee has yeah. held on to nathan bedford forest for so long man Ugh, man let, well hell i'm getting to watch <laughs> yeah <I> just yeah. <laughs> yeah you're a na- nashville native right oh no 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 oh, you're no. not uh-uh. i always thought do you i come across as a national no Wait, where I, are you from i'm from atlanta <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love I, Atlanta. I came here for MTSU. Um, oh shit! Yeah. So I was in Murfreesboro for like in in school for four years, and then I lived there like as not a student for like another year and a half. And I've lived in Nashville uh, since 2018. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Hi. since 2018? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. I haven't been here that long. Like, so I probably met you like around when you first got here. I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't been there long at all. Because uh, like, I mean, I started working at uh, Bar Taco like two and a half months after I moved to the city. Holy shit. Yeah. I always looked at you as someone who's just well-versed in the world of Nashville and just, like, knew your way around and, like, I don't know. That's I mean, how I always saw you. Well, hell, you know, <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm good at putting that face on because I'm, I'm not really. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I even... Neither are yeah, <laughs> Like, I, there's still places I haven't been to that I would have liked to have been to. It was weird because, like... There's, like, the music that, like, you're given, like, from your parents, right? Yeah. And then there's the music that you choose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, for me, like, you know, I heard all the classic soul and R&B records growing up. Like, that's that's the music I was given. I was yeah. given that. I was given gospel music. Um, as I got old enough to pick what I wanted to listen to, like, you know, I just, for whatever reason, I gravitated toward indie rock. And, like, when I was coming out of college, this was the place to be because the Black Keys were here and Alabama Shakes mm. was here and mm. that sort of yeah. thing. Um, so it, it was kind of like a mecca to me. Yeah. And like now that I'm a little older, I'm like, it doesn't really matter where you're at, yeah. you know, um, mm-hmm. especially with the internet, like, you know, mm. um, but just like you kind of found it, like it's a community that really matters. It really, yeah. This city for music and the arts in general, just mm. cultivates something that, I mean, I've been to, I've never lived like in a major, another major city besides Dallas. So I can't really speak on that, but just, like I said, the energy of the land and the people, it, it's definitely felt that the feeling that music brings is the priority rather than like the ego 
or anything like that. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's why I stay. I never thought I'd be here this long. I was like, I'm gonna be in Nashville for two or three years, and you know. Make my way elsewhere, but no, I'm like, no, this is going to LA, going to LA, the real music city. (laughs) (laughs) Man, so are we still at the point where like everybody's dying to get out to LA? I'm not in any rush. No, No. I mean, I'm originally from California. Like my family's, but I moved like I moved to Dallas when I was like six. I grew up in Dallas, Uh but yeah. So my family's from NorCal, which is totally another vibe than. Southern California, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, it's still the West Coast, but yeah. Um, yeah. So my mom like lived in LA for a while, and she has she has her beef with it, or just, she has shit to say. My dad's like, I don't like Los Angeles. But now my sister lives in Long Beach, and mm-hmm. I guess it just depends what you're trying to do, but yeah. mm-hmm. and who you are. But yeah, I um I think it'd be cool. I've I've never been to LA. Really? No, no, I've never been. Definitely I, go. De- I'm definitely down for a visit. I think I like visiting it. Yeah. Um. And I obviously I can't knock it if I've never been, but I don't know if I like living there. I mean, I, I kind of like smaller cities and smaller towns, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I kind of want a quiet life. I didn't realize I did until because I thought my brother went to New York and mm-hmm. my oldest brother lived there for like ten years. So I'm like, oh, New York, like city life would be cool, like high population, just mm-hmm. like raw culture, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. But no, nah, I really like the slower pace of life and for my personality, just like having a step back and being able to like escape from whatever's going on. Like if you're in New York, you you can, it's, it's harder to escape. And mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, like you're escaping while you're in traffic. You're like, oh shit, three hours. You know, like it's oh, just, yeah. here it's not necessarily that vibe. So and we were talking about Jake earlier. He's actually, he's like been in New York the past year, but he's, he's moving back here because he's just like, Talking about how he's never felt so alone. Biggest city in the world. Yeah, man. Especially as a musician, like not being able to network the way you can here, where it's like so welcoming and like inviting. It's like he said, he's like, even at the point where he's like collaborating with artists, but like not even in the same room with them. Like we just record at the same studio. I'll do my shit, leave, you'll do your shit. I'll hear (laughs) the song like a week from now. It's like, you gotta be in the room, man. You You gotta have that atmosphere to it i don't know I feel like, no I, dude i could not yeah. imagine making <laughs> records that way could not imagine no man even like during yeah. quarantine like i've had people hit me up to do like rights over like facetime or zoom and like as much as i love the people that i would be writing with i don't know if i could write that way um just because i feel like when you get in a room with somebody the song it already exists like in that physical space mm-hmm. and you're just kind of like you know like a sculptor like yeah. chipping away at it I feel like it's hard to cultivate over FaceTime. Absolutely. Yeah, or remotely in general, like you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. This is something I'm curious about. So, what is the song that you're the most happy with that you got that you got out right now? I'm gonna ask you the same question in a second. That I have released. Yeah, out of the ones that are out right now, which one are you the happiest with? I want to say the new one that that's like on its way out, um, just because it's like the way it came together is so funny and. Um, I would say I, I never expected Lilac to be listened to as much as it has Mm -hmm. by anyone. I was, uh, I was kind of like, my parents will like this. (laughs) Like (laughs) my, my ex, my ex, for the old heads. My ex thinks Lilac is about her. She'll like this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I would probably say confetti because it's the first one that we mixed 
and mastered all ourselves all Hell in the yeah, same room. Yeah. I, I I like that song. I like um I think up until maybe today, I think Lilac was one that I played the most. And then yeah. you know, sometimes like songs just hit different given, you know, yeah. a certain context. Like I was like listening to y'all like back and forth on the way to go get a couple of tacos or whatever. Yeah. Confetti just hit different today. Yeah. Dude, I love that. Yeah. It's sick. It it didn't hit when it came out because the world was falling apart. Um, you know, but yeah. it's uh that's the beauty of like the phase that we're at now. It's like I feel like a song when you're like a lesser known artist can just be new to someone forever. You mm. know, like it's not old to someone who's never heard it. Yeah. The way I've heard it said is old music is still new music to people that haven't heard it yet. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. real shit. Hundred percent. What about you on leap year? Which one? Oh, on leap year. Yeah, that you're the, the happiest with. I mean, you can do of all time too. Uh-huh. But oh, like, no, that's, that's, <laughs> that's too. Um, this is interesting. Yeah, this one is. You know, I'm happy with them all for very different reasons. But I would say when I go back and reflect, or I just listen through, ec- I, I would say economy heat. Ooh. And the only reason why I'm not gonna say the only, but that was that was one where I have just like a a bank of beats or like instrumentals or maybe like little demos, and that was you like just got four beat tapes just untouched right it, now. It, yeah, if but you need beats, shouts out uh, always drunk. That's, that's that's my beat. <laughs> is that is that your producer tag? That's what I'm trying to make it. Yeah, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be like. Um, do the Spanish hey, but I show always drunk. <laughs> yeah, some shit like that. I don't know. Okay, that would be dope. Yeah, <laughs> I tried to get Adam Ray. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like DM'd Adam Ray. You know Adam Ray? I don't know who's Adam Ray. It's like this. I don't know how, how they identify as the pronoun, but I'm not. I'm not too familiar. I don't know this b- male presenting themselves as a female on Instagram, mm-hmm. and like basically just like pretending to be like in high school, like, hey, come here. What are you talking about? Like, like, just like, yeah. like, like, I went to school with like women that were like that. Like, I'm half Hispanic, so like, mm. I, I get it. So mm-hmm. it, it was just funny, like, seeing someone do it in such a digestible way. But the, it, it was just great. So I like DM'd them and was like, hey, like, mm. love your voice. You want to do my beat tag? <laughs> it was way more like longer than that. Did you hear back from them? No, no, no. But um, anyways, uh, back to the subject, economy, and the reason being, um. Like at the time, peaches and cream was like made on the spot. Let me pick you up. Like they were pretty much all made on the spot, just like refining, tweaking, whatever, recording, whatever. Economy was this like, like half-ass beat with like this, this freestyle take of me not even saying words, and it was just kind of like going through them, like just kind of conceptualizing leap year, and I was like, "Yeah, look, this one's kind of this one feels good." I was like, "This one feels like really good for what it, good. for like what it." And then like I, it just transformed from this like demo that was going to be in the trash can to something that made it to the project and so for that reason i'm happy like it could have been revived in that fashion so that was that yeah. was really cool for me i uh i think that one edges out as my favorite but that let me pick you up is pretty hot too it reminds me of prince a little bit let me pick you up yeah that's what i thought Thank you were you. gonna say when he asked you your favorite you thought I was gonna say that one? Mm-hmm. That I I kind of like as I was making it that one was because it's the only one that's completely live instruments yeah, and uh, and it's funny because like when I was like submitting to playlists and stuff like submit hub or whatever, <laughs> I wanted to give them all a little love, and that one was like, like the main complaints were like, the drums sound too live, and I was like, 
That's yeah. the one. Okay. Th- I was like, that's the, literally the reason I did that. Guy. <laughs> now, have you done Submit Hub yet, Owen? Yeah, I hate Submit. Dude, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm over it now. I mean, I'm gonna keep doing it. Yeah. Like I, you know, I, I don't, I don't take it personal, man. You just have but thick skin. Yeah, you, oh, yeah. you do. I, yeah. I wasn't offended, but for, I was just like, and they, they didn't hear it in the context of the project. But for me, I was just like, that was the point, you know. So for the point to be like, you know, like uh, the fault, I was like, all right, this one's this one's had its time on Submit Hub. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, we were sitting down submitting Lilac, and I got two declined back to back, like within five minutes of each other. The first one was. I wish the guitar was louder. It's like my favorite part of the song. And then the one right after that was like, the guitar is really distracting. <laughs> Dude, no. It, 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 you, it, it, that's how it be. Yeah. Like, literally, the thing that one person complains about is the thing that somebody else likes in the inverse. It's just kind of like, yeah. yeah. Like, and I, like, the, I guess when, I, when I, if I'm putting myself in their shoes, they've got an audience to satisfy. Right. right. Exactly. Right. No, I get it. And mm-hmm. to be fair, you can't really predict what your audience is going to like no. either. Right. Uh, but. It, it definitely cuts a little bit, no matter how many times you've done it or how confident you are in your own work. When you see that red decline come across, mm. it does cut a little bit every fucking time. And I, I'm someone who actually really appreciates criticism. Like, yeah. it, as long I mean, there's criticism, then there's obviously constructive criticism. But, like, right. for me, I'm just, like, I want to know just perspective. And just, mm-hmm. like, because it makes me rethink some stuff. Not that I change for someone's opinion, but it's just, it is kind of cool to just see... Someone's perception is like, yo, this shit's hot. And then they're mm-hmm. like, this is whack as fuck. Like you're saying, it's just like, I don't know, the the breadth of humanity is just like, it, it interests me, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens on like these next couple songs that I put out as far as Submit Hub goes. Cause I, I just know someone is gonna come at me and be like, why does your rap voice sound like Patrick Starr? <laughs> <laughs> no, not Patrick Starr. <laughs> Dude, I swear, I, I he- I'd say that I hear that in my own head when I'm rapping. I'm like, dude. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I disagree. Oh. I don't think you said that. Move it like that, like that, like that. SpongeBob. <laughs> Do you <laughs> like it like that? <laughs> nah. My leg. Nah. I, well, to be fair, to be fair, we, we, uh, we always like, you, me, Coast, even Snit, like, everyone who, like, we said, we all like to sing our own songs to each other and uh-huh. we always like impersonate each other and so like Coast when Ghost does it. His impersonation of me is like haunting. Move like that. It's like Coast impersonation of you is Patrick Star. Yeah. But then it makes me like I'm like, is that what you're hearing? Is Am I really Patrick Star? Is that is that what I sound like? Should I ever just put out music again? Probably not, right? No. Hey, but you know some people on Submit Hub would be like, yo, that Patrick Star shit's so hot. <laughs> yeah. <Before> yeah. <laughs> Has anyone bought the meme rights to the song yet? Yeah, literally. <laughs> Street Flames. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I got so off topic. No, no, dude. No, it's all good. Like, look, I like, you know, I just, I just like talking, man. Yeah. I like talking. I like I like learning about how records I like were made by people that are in this community, man. Yeah. You know, like, we're, just, we're really just shooting the shit. This isn't some high pressure thing. You know I what could I'm talk to you for the rest of the day. Like, this group right here. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's I cool. love it. It's good vibes. Yeah. Let me see, man. Let me see. Let me see. Let me. There's just so much going on in the world. How, how are y'all feeling? Just like in general, mm-hmm. you seem like, especially. I mean, both of you, but definitely you. You just seem like you're kind of like, you know, very, very, very West Coast about it. He just got back from Portland. I ju- yeah, I, I literally <laughs> just got back from Portland vacation. I, but um, <laughs> honestly, for me, it's it's mixed feelings thing. Like, as far as uh, what's happening in culture with like 
specifically America and even around the world, it's like uh, people who have been oppressed for all time, pretty much, finally having like a proper voice and light or more proper, I should say, than before. So uh, I, like I said, I'm half Hispanic. I'm Jewish as well. And so my best friend's like Puerto Rican and black and my other one's Indian and the other one's like a European Hungarian guy. Like That's all the guys I live with. So it's kind of like we all come from like different backgrounds, completely different cultures. And like, so we always peep each other and kind of like insight of what maybe racism or whatever it may be that we've all, and you know, we, we poke fun on each other because we can, because we're all just like that. But because we've, it's like that records, which is the record label we started. He's repping the shirt right now. Um, That's actually a fresh ass label. I mean, uh, logo. I think Andre on purpose designed it. That's sick. This is uh, he, he made this for my birthday. This shirt, and then we put this yeah, thing on hand dyed, and then well, his art on the back. On the back. Oh fuck yeah! Best well, birthday got these online. I've ever gotten. Uh, no, I, I do it all for like per like if you want one, it's like a personal thing. Word up. Um, but point being, I was gonna say like we've we've had these conversations about consciousness or whatever it may be since like high school because we started smoking and like tripping shrimps freshman year of high school <laughs> so it kind of opened our mind like some would say prematurely for me it was <laughs> i guess the way it was supposed to be um but yeah so my awareness of what was going on at the time and when you're young you're very passionate and like we had this other group called children like we are the future like blah 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 like pretty much what's going on now just like with a more innocent kind of mindset so for me for this stuff to all finally being brought to light literally eight, ten years later, it's it's like fucking finally. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, so in that sense, I do feel I, I'm honestly kind of grateful that there is a community that is like actually aware and like fighting for what needs to be fought for avidly. It's not just something like Oh, like maybe like some people who didn't give a shit, gave a shit for like three days and then they went away. But there are still people fighting all the time. And so it, it, it is like a sense of hope in a way. Yeah. Um, but as far as like my reality, what's going on in my life, like like I said, I'm, I'm buying a house. So I'm excited as fuck about that. Yeah. So um, but I haven't really as far as like making music, which is usually my outlet. I've actually taken a step away because I'm trying to kind of just like take in everything that's going on right now. And just like be present and focus on other things like videography or design and just kind of like, I don't know, just see differently and with my perspective on things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's just kind of where I'm feeling. I'm feeling good, man. Uh, <laughs> mainly because I just found out that I don't have coronavirus. Dude, I would be happy as fuck, too. Um, Man, I think it's because I've been wearing my mask and not really seeing anybody, um, which is what everyone should be doing. Um, but you know, that that's the thing is like even the people who are being safe, if somebody's not, yeah, it, it can still affect you. For everybody. Kind of thing. Um, but to touch on what Seth was talking about, um, yeah, I it's unsettling what's going on in the world right now, but looking ahead, it makes me hopeful because I see what the younger generations are yeah. doing that we didn't do. Mm -hmm. um, we're doing things that the older generations are seeing stuff that we're doing that they didn't do. And it's like being able to talk to like, you know, every generation of pe person in my family and see that they stand on the right side, the, the yeah. side of justice is yeah. like, that's reassuring. But then it's like, also you see, you know, maybe people in your life that you didn't know so well show their true colors 
you know, in an ugly sort of way too. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, for, for me, it's like, I want to do everything that I can to support without taking anything away from the people who are fighting the good fight and like deserve to be at the forefront of it too. Let me ask you guys about something. You probably saw this in the news and I, I don't know how much country either if you listen to, <laughs> uh, this whole lady antebellum. Dude. I, I don't know anything about this. What is oh, this? God. Oh. Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, you, you, you want to take it or you want me to take it? It's okay. horrendous. Here we go. Bro. Here we go. This, yeah, is, this, this is what happened. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> in the aftermath of George Floyd's murder, Lady Antebellum decided that they were going to get woke. Okay. Oh, God. And. <laughs> <laughs> I can already tell this is about to be so distasteful. This is some this is some wild shit, man. So they 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 just they 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 found religion on the race issue, which I want to start this off by saying nobody ever accused them of anything. That's yeah. number one, okay? Mm-hmm. But they were like, we're gonna change our name from Lady Antebellum to Lady A. The reason being, in hi- like history refers to the period before the Civil War as the Antebellum period. So that word antebellum can refer to any period before any war. In the United States, it's the period before the Civil War. And to some people, when you say antebellum, they think gone with the wind. Okay? Yeah. So I'll 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 see that, you know, under a certain context, that the word antebellum is a little problematic, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But th- let me finish the story. So they changed their name from Lady Antebellum to Lady A. It turns out there's another Lady A. Like, you know, go figure. And it's she's a black woman from Seattle who's a blues singer. So <laughs> what ends up happening, to make a long story short, is they were in talks about sharing the name. Mm-hmm. At some point, I think they were going to do a song together. And at some point, negotiate. There was a Zoom call, right? Yeah, there, there was a Zoom call involved. And now here we are today, and Lady Lady Antebellum, who's now Lady A, is suing the Lady A in Seattle for rights to the name. And look, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my thoughts on this in a second, but I'm, I'm going to present the whole issue. Because, because it, it, it is kind of complicated, right? So Lady A of Seattle, who sings the blues, her, na- her name is Anita White, is like her, her government name. Mm-hmm. And she's been performing under this moniker for like 20-something years. Mm-hmm. So she had the name before Lady Antebellum was a thing. Yeah. Okay, that's number one. She had the name first. Lady Antebellum fans would refer to them as Lady A, like as a nickname. Yeah. So what their legal team did sometime about 10 years ago was they trademarked Lady A. Anita White never trademarked Lady A. Okay? Hang on. I'm 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 gonna give everybody yeah. their day in court and I'm gonna tell you what I think. Uh-huh. I'm gonna tell you what I think. I'm ready. <laughs> so Lady Antebellum decides they're gonna change the name. They realize there's another one out there. <clears throat> I'm not here for for whatever like legal discussions they had or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But basically there was like there was a Zoom call, they were supposed <laughs> to do a song together. And at some point Lady A, who's Anita White, was like, look, if y'all want to use my name, y'all got to pay me $10 million. And Lady A, like the Nashville one, Lady Antebellum, was like, okay, well, if you're going to ask us to do that, we're going to take you to court. Now, this is what I think. 
on a purely legal basis, and listen to everything I'm going to say on a purely legal basis, mm-hmm. Lady Antebellum is probably going to win because since their fans had the nickname Lady A, their legal team went ahead and trademarked it 10 years ago. Anita White doesn't have a trademark on it. Mm-hmm. This is the thing I have a problem with. Without Nobody asked you to stand up and change your name. Mm-hmm. That suggests to me that it was less about doing the right thing and more about serving your ego. Like branding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now you have thrown that away because you are now strong-arming this woman who is a much smaller artist than you, who has sold significantly fewer records than you mm. for use of this name that she used before Lady Antebellum was ever a band. And I, I, I get the legality of it. I understand that they're probably going to win on that front. Mm-hmm. But you set yourself up for this nightmare that is you saying, hey... I like your name. We're going to take it and you can't use it anymore. And they're not saying that she can't use it, mm-hmm. but you know, like if, if, if it had been like two bands of like, you know, similar stature touring the same place, then that's a legal, legal issue. Yeah. yeah. And they've got industry muscle behind, mm-hmm. behind them. And they're basically saying, Hey, look, we gonna do what the fuck we want to do, which is the whitest thing that you could possibly fucking do. Yeah. yeah so, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, passing moral judgment on anybody i'm just saying that they set themselves up for this oh yeah because you know like no, nobody was accusing you of anything you're the one that stood up and said hey everybody look how not racist we are is what you did <laughs> yeah this is so <laughs> whack they're like look just to prove to you that we were never this way we're gonna completely take away this other woman yeah, yeah it's that's fucking whack no and to me to me it misses the point because like if, oh, if, if yeah. you were really like about sure. about it you could have picked a different name yeah. You was like, okay, well, fine. We were going to be Lady A, but now we're going to be like Lady Ant. Yeah, Lady <laughs> Lady Ant or yeah. some shit like that. Anything else? Oh my god! Anything that doesn't infringe on this sixty-year-old black woman's career that she spent twenty years building? Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, and not to mention, like, that kind of also ties into the whole like, just things like Aunt Jemima, like mm-hmm. even like painting Black Lives Matter on the. It's like, yo, no one, no one's like, that's great and all, but like. This isn't even what the people are saying, right? You know, so it's still this is the point, which is the theme here. That's something I don't know. Like it, it, it's it's something that's like in a lot of ways it's been rubbing me the wrong way. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like like we we I think we should stop using Aunt Jemima. Yeah, but like Mm -hmm. it's easy to do that. Yeah, see what I'm saying? Yeah, Mm -hmm. like you can you you can get rid of all the Confederate statues on public buildings, and you can get rid of all the racist caricatures. And the system still not changed. Which is what's actually affecting people's lives. Right. Like, no one's like, mm, I'm pouring this syrup. This is, you know, it's like, mm, yeah. no, nah, that's, yeah, it's fucking whack. I don't know, dude, it's, fru- it's, yeah. it, it's frustrating, man. Because, like, it, and just, just so, so much of it is like, it, 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 it's white people that, like, nobody's, nobody, nobody's calling them racist. No. But it's, <laughs> and, and it's just like, hey, let me, let me prove it. I, I, I'm just going to show you how not racist I am. Which to me says that you care. This is me. It's less about the movement and the cause, and it's more about you making yourself feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you cared, you would have had the awareness your whole damn like career. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't yeah. wait till like culture calls for it just to be like, I must align with the ethics of cult. Like that's. Yeah. These guys are posting black cubes on Instagram. We yeah. Have to change our name, or they won't listen to us. Yeah. 
Wow. Drive by. I don't know if y'all listen to drive by truckers. I, I don't. Mm-mm. They no. they do it. They they so they. I don't know what they're called now, but they're not going to be drive by truckers anymore because they were like drive bys racist. So we're we're not going to say. And I'm like, who late, late night truckers? <laughs> they're just <laughs> truckers. truckers. Yeah, the, we're the truckers because the Dixie Chicks did it too, and they're just now they're, they're the chicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they, this is so ridiculous. You know, at least they put out a politically charged song that was pretty decent. Yeah. Honestly, like, shout out to Dixie Chicks. Yeah. Because, like, th- our, w- what's different between, like, Dixie Chicks and Lady Annabellum is, like, <laughs> the Dixie Chicks literally put everything on the line back in 2003. Yeah. With the, the Iraq War thing. Yeah. They, like, uh-huh. they, they got canceled before anybody got canceled yeah. uh-huh. for speaking out against a war that was built on a lie. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, you know, they've... They 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 they've showed themselves to be like serious about what they do. Yeah. So I'll give them a pass about dropping Dixie from their names. Yeah. You know, I think they want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. But that Lady Annabellum shit, even even if they are legally in the right, isn't going to work for me because what you're doing misses the point mm-hmm. of what you claimed to do in the first place. You're putting on a show, man. You're putting and, on a show. And legal n- does n- like hardly aligns with ethics. Oh, know, oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, did you see that thing with Oklahoma? What's happening in Oklahoma? So, I don't know. I didn't, like, read-read into it, but I know that they've pretty much dedicated, like, the whole, like, pretty much eastern half of Oklahoma now to, like, Native American reservations. I did see that. What does that mean, exactly? So, I don't know. And that's what I'm saying. Beyond that, like, I saw this breakdown of, like, which uh, tribes get which part of the land, and, like, to me, that is, like, the start of reparations for that community. Mm -hmm. You know, like given the land they took away anyways, you know, which isn't even specifically their land that just gave them, like, oh, here's Oklahoma. <laughs> like, it's like, here's Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you can have Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did see that. And if, if not, was, it a, was it a Supreme Court case? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I don't, like, I don't understand what that tangibly means for them. Who knows, yeah. I have to read more into it, too. Yeah, but... I saw something about it. it um, and the stuff like that is kind of neat to see, like, once again, like, it, things are being heard. And, like, the Keystone Pipeline thing mm-hmm. for the... They canceled, like, the Supreme Court or whoever, like... I think they blocked that, it. Yeah, they stopped that shit. And so... I don't know. Is it ever weird, like, being, like, white dudes who make music right now? Like, do y'all ever, like, just get self-conscious about it? Or are you guys kind of like, no, nah, like, it's okay for us to take a step back? I think it's just, like, now is the time, more than ever, that you just need to be aware of your place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be aware of like the difference between paying homage and exploiting someone else's art. Mm. I think there's a huge difference in that, and it's like making sure that you're being true to yourself in the context of you know these genres that were built by Black people, um, and realizing what stories you can and can't tell. Yeah, not necessarily can and can't, but it's more just like doesn't need to come from you. It's gonna you know, feel more authentic and make more of an impact if it doesn't come from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, in the same way, um, I, the reason I got into music w- initially, what beyond the fact that I loved it was because I wanted to make a difference mm-hmm. and I wanted to fight the injustices. And at the time, like, it was, I guess, not only just beyond race, but um, more so, like, for example, like, I think probably the first thing I got into was like, wait, 9-11 was an inside job? Like, mm-hmm. and then that rabbit hole of like, wait, so the government, and then just like mm-hmm. kind of fighting 
awareness and be like, look, there's a conscious war going on humanity and it's been going on. That was like mm-hmm. my stepping into all this. So mm-hmm. I would say that I, I don't feel weird, but at the same time, like I said, I'm also the way it just all aligned. I happened to take a step back while all this happened. So yeah. it mm-hmm. was, it was to me, which was a synchronicity even more so like, so I don't know, but I'm I'm not I'm planning on obviously still making music and putting it out, but yeah. like I said, I'm letting I'm letting humans do their thing, do my thing, play my part, do what I can to help in my city, mm. and that's about all I can do at the moment. So, oh yeah, mm. yeah. I just it's like very crystal clear to me that like even something as simple as social media, I feel like a link to a petition on my story, yeah is going to do more for the greater good than a link to a new dance song that I just put out on All my right. story. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, um, you just, you, you can't make black music and love black people and black art and black culture if you don't join the fight with them. Now, you know? now this is something I've always worked, like, not worried about, wondered about, excuse me. Um, I'm going to use Led Zeppelin as an example. Oh, no, uh, nah, nah, dude. I, 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 I love it, Led Zeppelin, but... You know, I, 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 I'm I able to appreciate what they mean for the musical canon while also acknowledging that, you know, they're, they're, they're a rehash of, of, of blues records that are a little heavier and a little louder, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I, I wonder, like, to be a, a, a white creator of music... I wonder how conscious most people are of who they're indebted to, right? Like, for you guys, is that something that you're always consciously thinking about, or is it something that's passive? All my favorite artists are black artists. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, like who? Who, 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 who are some, some of your big influences? One, number one is probably James Fauntleroy. Uh, just oh, as, yeah. as a songwriter, like, I mean, we've talked about him a ton. Like, yeah. Rates for Rihanna, Beyonce, JT, all the greats, like listening to like he has this uh side project that like they never like officially dropped music but it was a uh, cocaine 80s it was him common no id they had like a bunch of other like frequent collaborators like janae Iko is in there too and it's like like you said it's very conscious and it's very like you know touches on these subjects of you know race and equality and all that stuff and mm-hmm. it's like realizing that uh, I, sorry, I'm like stuck on how to say this. That's all good. Um, Take time. Just like making sure that you respect where everything has come from for these artists that have paved the way for you and like realizing that you shouldn't be putting yourself in a position to overshadow them rather than like sharing the light, you know? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who don't acknowledge the roots of that music can get into like the habit of like you know, stepping out in front of someone in the spotlight when it's like they turn the spotlight on for you to step into kind mm. of thing. Hell, heavy so shit. I don't know. But yeah, he's one of my favorites. Uh, the Roots, hmm. Kanye. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all black music at the end of the day to me, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, me too for the most part. And I guess tying into what you were saying, it's also this this thing of like, like I grew up almost strictly on like oldies, mm-hmm. like back in Texas, ninety eight point seven K love, <laughs> like anything from like 
Um, like, I mean, anything, like, literally from the 50s to 70s, 80s, of all, like, everything. So, I, and that's why, like I said, I was late bloomer to kind of, like, hip-hop, and mm-hmm. because that's, my parents are very old school. Um, but it was a thing of kind of understanding things like Elvis, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, everyone knows Elvis. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, and one would think when they're young, like, oh, Elvis is like a pioneer, you know, and it's like, <laughs> you know, and like, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that it, or like, better yet, like things like John Lennon beat women and or like, yeah. even further, it's like, <laughs> yeah, <I'd laughs> yeah, even further, it's like Gandhi slept with children in his bed, you know, yeah. like, yeah. and so it was a thing of kind of like this weird thing of understanding, like, damn, like I like the Beatles for the longest time until I was mm-hmm. like probably in middle school were like my favorite band of all time really yeah i was just like their songwriting their like concepts like sergeant peppers like mm. holy shit you know and then you know like just like the whole history like they couldn't tour the rest of their al- like just you know it's the beatles mm-hmm. um so much mythology behind yeah, it. it's, yeah. and but and it was really understanding like with a more holistic perspective of like artists such as the Beatles or even like Led Zeppelin, like who their influences were. And then, right. so when you get into that, it's, it kind of just changes your perspective on all of it. And like, so for me, when I do make music, I, I guess fundamentally I've been aware, um, from such my formative years that it is kind of always subconsciously there. And like, like I said, with the artists, I work with constantly 11 and, Carmine, like, Carmine, who's Indian, and Eleven, who's Puerto Rican and black, like, I'm constantly around awareness uh, in these communities, not just my own, you know? So, and I'm blessed in that sense. I could have been someone who just only ended up, like, being a solo artist, stayed in Dallas, like, had, you know, been in my own world and not known anything. So, but yeah, to answer your question, I, I, I do think awareness at the end of the day is, like, very major because if everyone were aware, like actually where we wouldn't have a lot of these problems. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So we're going to get into Kanye in a second, but yeah. this is something I want to ask you about. So like <clears throat> one of the first like early blues artists I got into was Howlin' Wolf. Don't listen to a whole lot of Howlin' Wolf anymore, but I used to listen a little bit of Howlin' Wolf. Mm-hmm. And um, Howlin' Wolf was a huge influence on Eric Clapton. Yeah. Um, and Led Zeppelin too. You know, a lot of the, the, the great, you know, British blues rock artists and shit like that you know they trace a lot of their 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 work to muddy waters and to yeah. howling wolf and these dudes mm-hmm. Phil Richard, yeah james brown all that shit mm-hmm. when howling wolf died they didn't have enough money to bury him they didn't have enough money for a headstone and eric clapton pitched in to like pay for it and there's just no reason that that should be the case yeah right um so yeah. f- f- first of all like we talk a lot about economic justice on this show. Um, at least that's been, you know, kind of a running theme ever since, you know, I started doing it. And um, between like, you know, black artists and white artists, wealth is unevenly distributed when it comes to just the, the music industry, industry system. And it's always been that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like that's just the general thing. Like, you know, like artists are the are the engine that makes this thing run. And artists, like when you think about the music industry apparatus as a whole, literally make less money than everybody. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Fucking Live Nation, fucking UMG. You know, they take this thing and 
you know, it is your labor, your creativity, your life experiences that they make millions of dollars off of. Yeah. Spotify too, yeah. Apple Music too, oh, yeah. um, and then you and you get stuck with peanuts. So I say that to say, how are you guys feeling about like the major label system as it relates to 2020, and is it something that any artist should really aspire to at this point? I love to watch it fall apart. <laughs> you know, the major label system is it's just archaic, and it's like you said, it's like you mentioned earlier, they're marginalizing certain artists and the Howlin' Wolf story it's like we don't want that anymore yeah <laughs> we want people to be paid what they're due you know for the work that they put in and the life that they've you know built through music yeah it's just like uh the resources are becoming so much more available to everyone now that it's like why not be your own x and y and z like manage your publicist label all of that that's like, what i'm saying you can. It just takes a couple clicks. And that's like exactly like part of the reason why we like started is it's like that records was um I guess like when we started back in like freshman and sophomore year, like understanding just how like three sixty deals or whatever it may be when you we signed to Atlantic? Yeah. Yeah, actually yeah. Atlantic <laughs> hit me up the other day. <laughs> but like like I said, like our label became the vehicle for all of us to get where we want to go, wh whatever that means, you know, as far as success. And we are all like, I make different music from Eleven or from The Bums or from Owen or whatever it may My be. My music is your music, but you know, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like it's, but point being, like it was kind of our way of deconstructing what we thought or what I once thought was the only route I could go, the conventional route. And it's like, nah, you don't have to do that. You can be independent. You can go buy a phone and shoot a music video on it and upload it from your phone and do it all from your phone. You, Whatever it may be, Steve Lacey makes albums. On his phone. On his phone. And he so made a Kendrick beat on his phone. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like you don't, need, you don't need millions or thousands to make these projects or even songs. And it's just like this whole illusion that has been instilled in so many artists like you have to do this route and it's like nah and like if people were aware like yo you could i mean russ is a topic that's like you know love him hate him whatever point being he's an independent artist he and did he's it. and he's doing it that and he's he's very transparent with how he did it and he's fighting that fight for independent artists but that's kind of like like i said we are a record label but like right in a way we're redefining that with every song, with every project we put out, mm -hmm. what it means, you know, and for us. And mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, we are an in-house team of like five to eight people. Because you know, you're like just based on like the way that you've explained it to me, it's like that record is it's it's. I mean, it's a label, but it's also like everybody's kind of got like equal stake in the game. Exactly. The art, the artists do. Yeah. But then that, I mean, that's like revolutionary compared to a major league because like the artist has almost no stake in it. Yeah. You know, a, a record label in the traditional sense is a bank. Yeah. Mm. It's 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 a bank that you sell your intellectual property to. Yeah, mm. um, like they don't. They don't. And 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 I, you know, to 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 your point, like what what purpose do they really serve now? We'll give you a loan of a million. Uh, we'll just own your masters and get a cut of your merch and your streams. <laughs> we can make sure that your song gets on Spotify and iTunes and Apple Music. <laughs> it's like no, I could I could do that for 
less than twenty dollars a year with DistroKid. Yeah, uh, it's like I, I think the only thing that labels are hanging on to right now is like the fact that they can offer distribution that will cut through yep. the noise. Yep. Um, and I know I've seen Brockhampton had the RCA distribution deal, but has remained, you know, pretty independent since then. Yeah. Um, which is, it's kind of cool. It's like, hey, I'm taking the one thing that is actually beneficial to me out of a label deal and I'm owning the rest of my shit. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of what I think the labels are, you know, can turn into and like... For for the better of the music industry, they they could do that, but they're still gonna try to you know steal these kids from TikTok and own all their shit and like yeah. Uh, and that I mean I just saw this recently um, of NBA YoungBoy. I was I was pulling it up. Oh. Tell us about NBA YoungBoy. Okay, I was so literally pulling it up. <laughs> this ties into uh, kind of everything exploitation of Black culture and Black people. Yeah. Um, I mean shit. They pull these people from communities mm-hmm. that have no money mm-hmm. and they wave X amount, 300K, a million, whatever it may be. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. I've never seen this amount of money in my life. Mm-hmm. Little do they know that they're signing 360 deals and are essentially enslaved yeah. to the bank. Yeah. Um, and so he just, and he just found this out. He's like, he didn't realize he didn't own his masters. And he, I think he said something like he'd put out his next like three to five albums out like for free if he could own his masters. And yeah. so now he's, I don't know what they said. They said no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, you know, it, and I mean, like, for somebody like NBA Youngboy, COVID, I'm sure, has fucked this up. But, like, you know, I'm sure he was, cause a lot of rappers eat off show money. Yeah. And, like, when you're, like, when you're, like, a rapper, like, show money isn't like when you're, like, a rock band. Yeah. Like, you know, they will pay you, you know, 10, 15 grand just to come to a club and, like, yeah. talk over, you know. Yeah. And so, you don't have to split it with four other dudes. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. you, exactly. And, like, so a DJ. For them, touring ha- is, is a lot more lucrative because it's lower cost with much higher reward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but for somebody like NBA, that's not here right now, um, which sucks for him because, you know, he, I mean, he, he's, he's hot right now and he's been hot for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know, dude. I think with the, with the labels the thing that'll keep them around for longer than they should be around is the fact that there's always going to be somebody who wants to sign, not necessarily to make a career, but just to have their music heard. Yeah. Cause that's really what record labels sell Yeah, is, is the idea of exposure. Exactly. Yeah. We can put you in front of the right people and everybody. Yeah. And like we've signed this person, this person, this person, look where they're at. You can be them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's, just, it's not worth it. No, I just it's, I, it's not. You know, it's not worth it. It's not. They don't tell you about all the behind the scenes disputes that they've had with this roster of artists that they've just waved in your face. And you know, most of them like they from from what I've heard, like they don't help with marketing at all. It's like you do all your own marketing, and they get all the benefit from it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Ew, and most of them don't turn a profit. Yeah. You know, so it's like you maybe you got the advance. What well, you probably spent it and then you owe it all back to the label and then you know you're not even getting to the point where you start getting the five six seven percent royalty rate that they cut you because you never recoup the advance and and it's it's like a catch 2020 because like there are artists who are in these deals Mm -hmm. who want to bring awareness to younger artists or new artists coming into the game but these artists can't even speak out necessarily because the labels kind of have them like hostage and stuff. So you speak out, you're on the shelf. Like, yeah. or there are people like, you know, like 
Wayne, who who was just like in a shit fucking day. even Kanye to Jay, yeah. like it's mm-hmm. like you see these greats and you're like, wow, like the status and like level they were at, knowing that they were under someone's thumb, mm-hmm. and it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 like holy shit. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it's like I said, tying it back to Russ again. I, I I do like the voice that he has for independent artists and like exposing majors as far as what's going on mm. because you know like I, I'm someone who was lucky like I said to have had the awareness about this stuff but there's so many people who don't and there's so many people who are just thirsty to get their chance like we talked about and yeah. like would do anything for it and they don't have the means to even hire a lawyer to like look over this deep contract you know and mm-hmm. it's, just, it's, it's just fucked um, I don't care what kind of music you make. Russ is literally a hero to everybody making music right now because he basically like wrote the game on what you can be. Um, I think the, the the hardest part, the hardest thing about Russ is that motherfucker like for eighteen <laughs> months dropped a song every week. Yeah. Um, and you know, like, are most people going to do that? No, but it, it 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 highlights the importance of consistency. Yeah. You ain't got to drop something every week. But you got to keep making shit, yeah, and keep yeah. putting it out there, yeah, and just put your head down and keep fucking doing it, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you, you man's gave the game away, and it's and he's, he's, it's not like he's stingy about it. Like he tells you, like this is what I fucking did, and there's money in it. You just got to own it, man. I mean that, yeah, that whole like just being transparent, and even on a smaller level with like for independent artists, like something we learned, like is like. Google ads or like Facebook, Instagram ads and like kind of just like uh, what kind of things you need to do to set it up for success. And like there's so many people who just like keep this knowledge to themselves as some secrecy. Like, no, if you knew this, then maybe you would be more successful than me. It's like, no, like be Mm -hmm. transparent. Like if you care about the art and you care about like genuinely care about it, you would give it. Like mm-hmm. you would let people know how to help themselves. You one know? one ugly thing that like the digital era of music has birthed, like you you know if 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 you make music, you see these ads where it's like you know for playlist push or for like uh, mm. you yeah. know you want to know the secret to beating the Spotify algorithm, you have to buy my course for these yeah. three simple steps. And it's yeah. like man, get the like if, if 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 this worked, what you would be doing is you would be making money off of your music, not selling me some course on some fucking thing. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time, too, you're just buying a list of people's emails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, there's a... <laughs> I yeah. love that. It's like, blast that shit. <laughs> I have all the contacts. You just have to buy them. <laughs> it's just like this secret. There's like a... There's this dude that sells like an online guide. Like It's, it's like the Spotify playlisting guide. And then he also sells the Spotify playlisting contact list and they're both like $80 and just like and I'm sure all those people are tired of being hit up by now yeah because of this guy's shit yeah <laughs> yeah and that's that kind of ties into the other thing with like playlisting and majors is like half the time these major labels have spots already for whoever mm-hmm. or like bought out a playlist and it's kind of like mm-hmm. it creates this illusion that like oh I have a chance to like really get on like rap caviar which yeah you, you do mm-hmm. but keep in mind you're up against a major label with thousands to like do whatever it takes to like have that spot. Right. And it's like, and that's as soon as I found that out, I was like, damn, this whole game really is just skewed. And like, yeah, but not, you know, it, it is. And I mean, it, I, I think that for anybody that's an artist, you have to, you, you have to be specific about what it is you want. That's yeah. the first thing. 
Um, and I think that for most of us, more so than the money, we want our shit to get heard. Yeah. That I, I think like literally ninety nine point nine percent of the artists want their shit to be heard by people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that it 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 sets you up to be vulnerable to. A, a label deal if somebody approaches you or all this weird shit where these people are selling you these courses. Yeah. Um, because really what they're selling you is I can make people hear your music and I can make it happen fast. And it's like nothing, nothing about this happens fast. You just gotta, you gotta, you gotta hammer it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, there's this, uh, producer S one, mm-hmm. uh, He's out of Dallas, but he did this like uh, seminar called the S One Assembly in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and me and Eleven and like my friends, but we attended um, this like assembly, and he brought out some producers like Childish Major or whoever. Like, point being, and his wife's his manager, mm-hmm. and so it was it was at this college, and it was set up in like a classroom. So he was down there, and, you know, like all these whatever like. I don't know. I didn't. I dropped out of college. But point being, seats <laughs> and shit. And like, so you walk up, play your music, and he like tells you like, hey, maybe change your like kicks or you know, just like gives you his like advice on how to get you to a level. Mm-hmm. But m- one of my main takeaways from this whole thing was how he talked about how he had been making beats for something like nine years or like ten years, like still no success kind of thing. Like maybe selling whatever, but nothing like real success and it was something like i don't know exactly at this point but it was like he was pretty much like close to giving up like he was at that point like i have two kids like i'm married you know and it's like i'm making beats and like i need to provide Mm -hmm. you know and i think it was literally like the following year was when he got somehow through he like laid it all out through the connections but he got in contact with kanye Mm -hmm. and he ended up doing the drums on power like one of kanye's biggest songs and his whole thing was like keep going and Mm -hmm. like i think that's the whole thing with the independent route is like you're gonna be up and down and even that's the and that's the other thing he brought up is like you see all the stuff that did well you don't see the stuff that never happened or like all the potential you know placements i almost got and so that was like gave great insight because not saying I was at that point, but like you really never know when it's your time and when it's your time, it's your time. And mm-hmm. if it's meant for you, it's meant for you, you know. So that was like a great takeaway that I keep with myself yeah. through this whole route. I yeah. um I saw him. He, there's a I can't I can't remember what it's called, but there's a there's like a producer podcast that somebody does, and they'll have like Dre on, and they'll have like whoever or whatever. But he he told that same story. Yeah. Um. I, and I I wasn't familiar with him as a producer. Just like the light bulb went off when you when you told that story. Um. You got to keep going. Yeah. It's like you know just to use Russ as an example. Um. Yeah. You know, like he's got like that that losing control song is pretty cool. Like I I got to be I I love him as a dude. I love what he represents. Me too. I'm not crazy about his tunes, man. Um, but you know what you you got to respect the fact that he just is able to crank out a lot of music. He's doing consistently. it consistently. Um, but just like you said, it's like you know you see his hits and like his songs that have like a near a billion streams on Spotify. But like he was releasing a song a week. <laughs> For yeah. like almost two years, you don't know how many of them songs just got lost. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like Russ's most diehard fans have probably never heard some of Russ's songs or most of Russ's songs. Yeah, and it's crazy to see at his concerts like stadiums filled with everyone singing his songs, and you're yeah. like, "Holy mm-hmm. shit!" Like, and he's like, "I'm telling y'all, like these blah 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 ain't selling out stadiums because blah blah." I'm like, "It's true." Yeah, he's that's right, dude. <laughs> um, 
how do y'all handle a bad day in the studio? Because, and I'm asking that like literally for myself, because like I've been like doing this, but I've also like been trying to record, and it's very exhausting doing all this at the same time. Because right. I got to like post produce all this shit, and I still got to go and make records. You're um, going ham, dude. You're going hard. I'm trying my hardest, dude. Yeah. And I, I mean, I like, I, I, I like it enough to where I like I can handle a bad day. But honestly, like. I think it's been a long time since I've had a bad day in the studio, and this has just been a bad week in the studio for me. Mm. Um, and like sometimes I just be like, "God damn it, man! I'm not, I'm not having fun right now." What do y'all do when y'all feel that way? That's interesting. Or do you feel that way? I'll just start it off by saying, like, it's kind of to me, it's kind of like whatever it is, whether you cook, you do music you're in business and doing sales life will always have its ups and downs and it will forever and always go through that cycle and so it's kind of a thing like when i do have like a session where like baby blues for example oh man that song went through like such a process and like Mm -hmm. there was so much work that into it and i'm not gonna say we had bad sessions but it was a thing of just like we we knew the song meant something and there's something there but it's like how is it get like how are we getting it there and then yeah. but here it is and it's kind of like a thing of like once again keep it just following through and just knowing that you know this week might have been ass but like next week mm-hmm. it may be up and then I'll remember like damn last week sucked but it's also while being up being like it's probably gonna go down you know like, like an economy yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> that literally <laughs> fuck yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was straight flame. That song is so cool, man. That Thanks, song bro. is so cool. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Um, but no, that's that was like the perfect anecdote, anecdote for that question. Yeah, because we we struggled to get it off the ground for a minute there. Yeah, you would never when you listen to it, you'd never know. You never know. Like like as as a listener, I'm telling you, you would never know. That means the world. I mean, I still <laughs> listen to him. Like I'm like that song was so beautiful to me. I mean, obviously it's his song so it's more so to him mm-hmm. you own 50 percent of that song but like <laughs> don't that but, but no but i'm just saying like when i was playing keys and i, <laughs> I kid you not there this guy's made i was cr- like literally like a tear was or two it was like hanging on my eye while playing the keys to this this track when it was like bare bones because i just like felt him mm-hmm. and like i mean that's why we work so well together we we really understand each other and but yeah it was like something where like I, that never happened to me while recording keys or some shit for someone. Like, yeah. literally just, like, I'm I'm normally, like, very much so, like, listening to the beat or whatever it may be, like, just lining it up. But, like, I just, it brought me to that place. And uh, in Wampina, uh mm. the song that, the only song we had out, Lady Clementine, like, I've, I've listened to him record, like, obviously the track. So I, kn- I know the lyrics, but there's, I think it was, like, the day after, like, two days after it came out or something. I like woke up and like, you know, gotta get your own streams and pay yourself those cents or whatever. <laughs> so I like woke up and like played it and my girlfriend was next to me. I like stopped or something, but I like literally started like almost cr- I think I did I don't know, I had like tears, like few tears. I wasn't like bawling or anything, but something he said, uh there's a lyric, uh was it uh lost myself inside your mirror looking for a second chance? And like I, I don't know, is this thing of like Knowing him, but knowing what those words meant, not just to him, but for myself, it was like, it was, it was, it was some real shit. And mm-hmm. like, once again, I teared up. I was like, fuck. I mean, Michael Coe's song, Xanadu, same thing. There's songs oh, yeah. just very compelling and like, 
that's the shit that's timeless and that's the shit why I do this. You know, it's like yeah. these things that make me feel something. And like, even if I am involved in it and I believe in it, it's, it's just crazy how someone you're like so close with, that's a friend that you goof around with, like can bring you to that point. I don't know. But yeah, like I said, just tied all into the bad day at the studio. It's like, keeps me going. It's mutual though, man. I mean, the first demo of baby blues was what? Just like, keys vocals and me beatboxing (laughs) it's it's moving now because of what you did you know but i think uh as far as bad days in the studio go it's like our best defense to that when we're all working together is like just making sure that we don't treat any idea like a bad idea because like it isn't a bad idea until you've seen everywhere that it can go you Mm -hmm. know You, you have to look at all the possible outcomes of it and yeah it's like there we have like I'd say half the Wapina demos right now are just Michael Coe speaking in tongues, but like they're <laughs> great ideas because we haven't, we don't know where they're going yet. You know, that's how Bonnie Vera wrote, <laughs> like writes his songs yeah. is like he, uh, he, he doesn't like, he uses neutral syllables and neutral vowels and then he plugs in words that fit. That's them. literally how I write. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I'll, I'll like have the melody mm-hmm. and I'll like maybe have a word or something. I think economy, like, that was the thing. I was like, "Economy," and I was like, "I was like, that's interesting. Like, economy being the subject matter, but it's not about the economy. It's about the up, you know." So, yeah. like, I I didn't know that. I, re- I respect that. But kind of tying it back to like what he was saying, like Michael Coast. I think he's he's. I think we're all a better writer having known him. Yeah, he's like I said, he's a force. I'm a much better writer having known him too. But yeah, and it's mutual, but. He put it this way, and he was saying how, like, these songs, or the way he's been looking at it, um, is that they're, like, time capsules. And so it's less about, like, I mean, we're all artists, so we're all very critical, but at the same time, like, looking at it, like, I'm capturing how I feel in this moment. And, like, it is a thing, like, maybe, like, a year later or two, you're like, oh, that track on the whatever. But, like, five years pass, and you can listen to it, like, with this just like objective ear of just like, oh, like that's where I was at. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's less about like, oh, that's solo and more about just like listening to the vibe of it and the feeling of it. And so like him coast constantly reiterating that stuck with me more. And so it is kind of like, there is no bad idea. It's yeah. like anything can really become something. Yeah. Now you, I, I like the philosophy that you guys have on this and it's, I think it's important for whoever hears this today, tomorrow, 50 years from now, whenever. Mm-hmm. I remember being, you know, like, cause like, in, in like, th- th- there's a lot of hip hop in Atlanta, right? Like, I mean, it is like, you know, you, you you're not going to do any better than that, like, as far as contemporary yeah, time is like concerned. Ca- not even close. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, where it's like, at. Yeah, it is. Um, but there wasn't. I didn't have a whole lot of examples, like tangible examples, for like the kind of music that I wanted to make, right? And when you read the music press, it's like. You you read about your favorite band like like Alabama Shakes just like walked into the studio one day and they knocked everything out in one take and there's that's the way that like music media outlets present it yeah and then you get romanticize it right which that's not how records are made at all just like you you demo shit over and over and over and over and over again and like every song is a little bit of trial and error right absolutely. Um, but for somebody that doesn't know that because they just haven't gone through the reps and they haven't gotten their jump shots in, it's super frustrating <laughs> when you yeah. go and you, you, you spend your time and your energy to make something and then it doesn't come out the way that you want it to or it doesn't get the response you want it to. It's super easy to get discouraged. 
Um, and I, I wish that more artists would speak the way that you guys speak about just getting the jump shots in. Oh, yeah. You know, it, 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 it takes even not even like from song to song, but even within a song. Yeah. You know, like um, when I listen to you guys, especially the way that you use vocals, <clears throat> vocals are real weird when you're recording because it's like the way that you do something live. Most of the time doesn't work in the studio. Like sometimes you gotta double it. Sometimes you gotta like change the timbre, like EQ a tone out of it, right? Or some shit. Like you know it, and and, and 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 you know it's super frustrating. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this. We got about we got about a good twenty four minutes left. Twenty four thirty ish minutes. I go typically go about two hours. Oh, I love that. When does the so when does video come into you? Because you're like you know like I think like it is becoming more and more of a necessity for artists to be into video, but you're like into, into video. Yeah. Yeah. Plug right now. <laughs> Cause like the lilac video, that, that was some dope shit. You know, it's kind of like, I mean, at the end of the day, I believe anyone can do anything. If, if you, if you don't have arms and you want to play piano or guitar or whatever, people find a way. People find a way. <laughs> so at, at, like I said, it's, I mean, and it's funny because my brother went to school for film, and I had so always wanted this in the band. Uh, in yeah, the, the bums, yeah, the yeah, bums. and he's like part of the label and everything. But shout he, out Merck. yeah, shouts out my brother, he's the man. But um, it's kind of like I had always done like little iMovie videos like in middle school, but it was never something that crossed my mind. Like this is gonna be a skill I'm gonna use later, or, like anything. Like I just didn't. I was into music, and it's kind of the thing that. You know, whether whatever you're doing, it's kind of like you commit, you have to commit to it. And so I kind of was that way with music. But like we talked about with being independent, it's kind of like you realize you kind of have to get creative and figure out how to package yourself because there's thousands of songs uploaded a day to streaming services or like whatever. And it's kind of like a good example would be... uh, Wapina, when we did these ads, the song was made in a fun way, not much thought. The video was the same thing. I had gotten the Black Magic Pocket 4K, which I brought up, but it was something where like I was in it, my rented uh, the Ronin S to stabilize it for another video I was shooting at the time. I was like, "Yo, we got three hours to do this before we have to go shoot." Mm. And she like didn't even know how to use it, but she made it look great, and it was kind of just thrown together. But it just captured the essence of what it that song or branding needed to be and so with video it was a thing of like i by no means think i'm the best or think i'm going to be the best or anything like that with video but it was something that was intriguing and had fun doing and i really just like the idea of being to truly capture how you feel about your song so like i i'm planning on shooting for leap year Mm -hmm. um and that's going to be something that's interesting because for most of it, I'm going to be in front of the camera, yeah. not behind it. And so it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. Owen's probably going to help. So whoever's around is going to help shoot it. But yeah, um, let me get my camera work reps in. Yeah, somewhere. Owen's going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah, it's, it's just something like you just we we look up to these videos and we're like, yo, this shit's hot. And like you kind of have a taste and just going with it. And like it was a thing with our label where like. I was shooting for Andre on purpose and it was like, mm-hmm. I had the camera. We pitched all pitched him for fly cam steady. That was like missing away. And it was like jank. I didn't really know what the fuck. I, I didn't know anything about frames per second or like exposure. Mm-hmm. And it was just like anything like that. And I was just like, 
I let's do this. It look it looks cool and like <laughs> not knowing anything, but like with like with anything, you just, you just grow and you become better and you start to understand your art or whatever you're doing. And so now it's like a thing where it's more like a, a slight extension of myself rather than like me like helping him shoot lilacs like i know how to do it to this extent Mm -hmm. we can plan it this far and to see how it goes Mm -hmm. and then like we sat together the entire time through the editing process it was never just me he he was right there the whole time and like we both put our taste on it and how we wanted it to be sculpted and then Mm -hmm. people liked it and then it something else someone's like hey i like that video i want you to shoot this and now it's like a thing it's like oh i'm also trying not to work service industry so mm-hmm. might as well start doing more video and so it kind of just like fell into my lap in a way mm-hmm. um and it and like i said by taking a step back from music right now and with everything going on it's nice to have another form of expression because i feel like it all just ties into each other and that way, when I do start to make music again for myself, um, I'll just look at things differently because I'll think of how the end game of like, what is this visual going to be? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, it's more conceptualized. And I've, I've always been conceptual, but it, it truly is now like more conceptualized or even like understanding the art of marketing. It's like, how is this going to be marketed? And like, because at the end of the day, we're trying to like not work at Kroger or wherever. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So that's just kind of how... It came to be. I feel that. This is let's, let's let's get into marketing a little bit because I think that's kind of a thing that is like it's almost like taboo for musicians to talk about. It's like either uh, you yeah. pretend like you don't do it or you outsource it to somebody else. And I'm like, you know, just like even with like with the video thing, to to really enjoy the fruits of like taking control of your own career, you got to wear multiple hats. Like you got to be the creative and you got to be the businessman. Yep. I'm very interested because I've. I've done I've done Instagram and Facebook ads twice now. The first time I did it did not have any that, that many results. Second time the, this this second round is, is is working out pretty well. Yeah. How did you choose um, the the like the interests like like so this, let me give you an example the single that I got out right now like I like the interests that I targeted were like Mac DeMarco growl the Growlers surf music uh, shit like that. How did you? choose who you were going to target i have a funny story about that go for it so I, i've touched on andre on purpose he's hungarian straight up from hungary speaks hungarian fluently like amazing guy and one of the best rappers i know mm-hmm. oh yeah um, and he's white just to clarify um so he always wears that like white guilt like oh uh, like kind of thing that we've been talking about but mm. point being we were shooting uh i was in hungary visiting him after oh, like yeah. or with him um, cause we had been friends since like sixth, seventh grade and this was like two years ago. So point being, it was a long time coming. I finally got the chance to go with him to Hungary and Budapest and shoot. So we were in his grandma's apartment at the top floor, this song that he literally recorded morning of with like, what is this? SM57 with a mic like this <laughs> sitting on the couch, like, and he's mumbling like, I didn't even know he was recording. Mm-hmm. So he like recorded this track, um, and like. And, like, later that night, he was like, all right, let's shoot. I'm like, you already recorded it? Because something, like, it wasn't working because he, he was missing a piece to, like, for the interface or something. And he was like, yeah, that's what I was doing this morning. I was like, what? And so we just shot, like, once again, just, like, on the fly, like, with my Canon 80D, just, like, weird. I didn't know what I was doing. Just knew he was playing the music loud, and it, like, creeped me out, like, on the spot. So I really felt it. And then we got back home. We showed uh, Eleven and Carmine the video. 
and the song, which they hadn't heard either or like saw it, obviously. But we were like, all right, cool. Uh, we knew a little bit about Google ads and so or AdWords. And so we're like, all right, let's uh, let's try to let's try it out. And so Andre did the whole setup, you know, interest and all that. He did things like um, cell phones or like just things or like travel because he was like thinking like, oh, anyway, we didn't know how it worked. Point being, uh, he ended up like totally missing the mark as far as like the target group. And so all the comments, it hit like 10,000 views, 11,000 views on YouTube. And we were like, holy shit, this is, this is the biggest thing that's happened to us like three years ago. And then like all the comments are in Hungarian because he targeted specifically Budapest because, you know, he's trying to, that was his, his intention. And all in Hungarian comments and it's all like, what the fuck is this? Like, why am I getting, why am I getting these ads about this? Because the song, you have to watch the video. It's, yeah. a, it's a vibe. I love it. And it's art. It truly is art. Fuck yeah. But like for the consumer, the general consumer, you're going to be like, what the <laughs> fuck and like and it but it was so funny because it was like a to us it wasn't a loss mm. we were like yo we uh, figured out how to kind of make this work even though we have like 150 dislikes and like 50 likes and mm. like you know what i'm saying so that was like the first go at it and then so i think i touched on it with it's all good which probably happened a year or two later um i we kind of figured out the whole process of like i record the track uh get the cover art maybe shoot a video figure out the marketing for the ads Blah, blah, blah. And so I outsourced the guy, Jonathan Swinney. Um, and we basically, I called, we like shot the video and like edited it. We're editing it. I think we had the ads and everything. I literally called Google and I was like, I, I had like tried doing the ad thing myself. And I like, because you can see previous ads and how you ran it. And I was like, all right, so let's see what not to do now. You know, it's an all, all learning process. And then so I like ran it and it wasn't working. I was like, what the hell? It's been like five days. Like, he had like 10,000 at this point, whatever. And so I, I literally called Google and just like to the first lady on the phone, I was like, look, I'm part of this independent record label, working on the song. I gave her the whole lowdown of what I was trying to do. She's like, all right, um, I'm going to direct you somewhere else. And like, directed me to Google AdWords team. It was apparently a small team. I forgot the guy's name, but he was like Kylo. You said Kylo. Yeah, Kylo. Like, Hello, my name's Kylo. I'm going to be a Google Hi, Kylo. Ads. Yeah, no, no. He was he was there like I'm going to be a Google Ads manager. Blah blah blah. Let's take a look. And like I, I explained to him the same spiel that I gave to the lady before, and he's like, I right, give me like a day or hours. I don't even remember at this point. But he got back to me and he 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 broke down to me why my ad wasn't running. He's like, you have things, and for example, I maybe have like Anderson Pac or like whoever, like artists, J Cole, whatever, Mac DeMarco, anything. And then maybe something like shoes, fashion, you know, whatever, you know, because I didn't understand. He he basically explained to me the way Google Ads works, and I'm sure like Facebook and Instagram is, in order for the ad to be shown to someone, they have to hit all the marks. I didn't know that. So I mean, I, I, I didn't really know that either until just now. <laughs> so <laughs> And so he was basically saying like, you've made this so comp like he basically was like he he basically redid he got the gist of what i did it's like i understand what you're doing and your goal because you know you have to set your goal for what you're trying to do so he made a he literally became my google ads manager like that's to quote and then so he made the whole other campaign for it and so i still have it i can show you sometime but point being uh and he like he works for google so he had all the 150 keywords for whatever but he kept it very simple it was like three groups, like music, arts, I think that, and like 
videos. And then like <laughs> the keywords like trippy, chill, like basically what I used. And then like just very general. And so it did super well. Like um, the the video, the music video hit like 10,000 views or something. But tying also back into going back into Facebook, Instagram, I when I ran that, I think we ran the ad for the song before the video dropped. So the ad. I saw these. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I saw them. Okay, dope. Um, the point being, they hit like 2,500 views after putting like 50 bucks in over a week or something like that. I was like, yo, that's that's good. And then flash forward what? When we put out uh Cinco de Mile this year, 2020, when we put out Lady Clementine, we all pitched in some money to do um Instagram, Facebook ads, whatever, through <laughs> Facebook. And we hit like thirty-two thousand views on our ad. And I was like, <laughs> like we were amazed and we were like, uh-huh. what the like holy shit. Like, so we're like, let's keep it going a little longer because this is doing super well. And I did the method that Kylo had taught me, like, keep it general, like, make sure you, you're, you're intent, like, with location. And, and the other thing I realized is, like, with Facebook, Instagram, I didn't realize you could go below the age of 18. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I thought, because 18 was the start, it was, like, 18 to 65, so was, mm-hmm. in my head, I'm like, that's the baseline. Mm-hmm. It could go to 13. I didn't know that. Yeah, and so that was something I found out, and so this kind of ties into everything, it did super well. Got like thirty-two thousand views. We were super hyped because this was just a passion project. Did better than any ad we've ever ran. Mm-hmm. And then we not only that, you have the collateral of people genuinely liking the song. And so at, we like naturally through that got like nine thousand. St- I don't know what we're at. Like now we're at like nine thousand streams or something, due to the fact the ad did well. And I was like. And so this is kind of like the most recent like epiphany I had was like, oh, shit, like brand like the branding works, like the packaging Mm -hmm. of the video, which is it's funny how it worked for this specific project (laughs) because it was so like low thought all off the feel of it and it did the best. And so, yeah, like with marketing, it's like we haven't really tried anything since because of obviously everything going on. But like just knowing like, Mm -hmm. okay, your target group, keep it simple, age group. Go for, I mean, know, know your audience, you know, mm-hmm. and ours was, we didn't really know, we were like 13 to like 45, I think is what we did. Mm-hmm. My, okay. my brother, for example, his is like 60s, 70s, so maybe he'd do like 18 to like 60 or something, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But it was just, like, we all did the playlisting game, whatever, and like, we didn't do that at all for Wapina, yeah. and it did super well, and like, we have also the most like, best feedback from like, people like, of all, like, pretty much high schoolers or college students yeah. hitting us up being like, hey, your song literally helped me through this test I was stressing about. Or like, <laughs> or like, yo, I love your song. Can you send us the full, or send me the full lyrics? Like, I've never had any response like that from my music. And, or, and so it was, it was really cool to see it translate not only on a, like a successful campaign, but like on a human level. Like people yeah. are resonating with that and it's actually helping people. And it was, it was the reiteration of like why we do what we do, mm-hmm. but it was like this like beautiful kind of, I'm not even going to call it an accident, just like mm-hmm. beautiful. Like we didn't know what we were doing that ended up manifesting into something like, Oh, this is what we need to do. And I've been telling all my artist friends, like pretty much that whole spiel, what I just mm-hmm. gave you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, look, if you need help, come to me. Like, I only know what I know, but like I can help you get to where you need to go with how we did it. But point being, yeah, it was like, marketing it's 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 tricky but it's also like thanks to kylo 
Thank you, Google. <laughs> Shout out, Kylo. We we got we got insight into something that we would have literally been stuck on the advertising for cell phones and travel or some shit. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, that's 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 incredible. Yeah, I've been thinking the same thing. Like Kylo Ren. Yeah, no. Yeah, I was like, every time it's funny because it. his voice was like, "My name's Kylo," and it was like. <laughs> Yeah, he had like the. I remember you talked to him on speakerphone one time, and he was super like blunt Brooklyn dude, just like, "No man, here's what you're gonna do with the with the with the with the with the demographic. It's a." Uh, is that is that how you sounded? You That's literally how he was like. Look, I'm telling you, my name's Kylo. I'm gonna be a Google Ads manager here. Um, you can go lower than 18. For the ads. He's like, I see your words Not here. Not for other stuff. <laughs> for the ads. No, literally. But he was just like, I see you got words here, like trippy, chill. So what I did was synthesize the 150 most keyworded things associated with this on Google and applied it to it. And I'm like, okay, like you have Google resources, so you're like connected to everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh-huh. But yeah, it was, like I said, super insightful and definitely will apply that method. That's kind of what I've been calling these things, just methods. Methods. To uh, to whatever our projects and singles are to come, and hopefully we can you know keep this independent thing going. No, I mean y'all. As far as I can tell, y'all are doing it, man. I mean, I um, I've been th- when did I? Th- I've been thinking about this, doing this probably since maybe like November or December, and slowly, 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 I like built up the resources to have the production that I wanted, right? And I'm gonna make some upgrades to it, but the world had like fallen apart like by the time I was ready and I was like well I guess I can't stop I'll put a couple of records out and then like you know when the lockdowns are over I'll start having people over and before I'd really started the podcast the lilac video had come out and I already knew Owen and I already knew the song and I'd seen you play before but then I saw the video. I was like, dang, man, he produced the song and he produced the video. These guys have got some serious chemistry together. And, like, you know, they must also love each other because that's a long time to spend around somebody without, like, wanting to kill them. Um, yeah, we don't get tired of each other. Uh, I love him more the more time I spend with him. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, for real. But for real. It, it is very inspiring to me to see, dude, like, you guys are just, like, you know, dedicated to what you're doing. And as far as I can tell, it's paying off. Um, and, like, you know, those are the kinds of people that I want to talk to. No. Likewise, um, yeah, because you're doing the same thing. Yeah, know? yeah, we're I, all figuring you know, it out. That's we're how all, I feel. Yeah, no, this is one big trial and error thing, man. That's yeah. you know, and I'm just I'm trying my best to fall in love with the process, dude. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, like you know, like if not for this, I would be you know punching a clock every day. And I'm grateful that I'm working in this time and whatnot. But yeah. you know, I just you know this this is a big source of fulfillment for me. Mm. Absolutely. Um. You know, and especially in times like these, it's hard to get that sense because it's kind of like everything is bleak and it's scary. And the usual distractions that we have just aren't there anymore. Yeah. You know, Um, I think what you guys are doing is super important. And, you know, I'm thrilled that you guys were willing to come and sit down with me. Of course. For sure, man. You know, um, thank you for giving me some background on how these songs were made. Um, I know that we're we're not gonna we're not gonna give any release dates or anything like that. We're just gonna ride the tide out and see when me, more music is coming. Is August, that, it's yeah, August. sometime in no. August. Yeah, super excited for it. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to say? Just all the thank yous in the world to you, man. You know we've always gotten along, but it's been cool to get super in depth about some shit, like some real meaningful stuff. Like oh yeah. Um, I guess just to close. What the last thing I talked about is kind of like 
being an artist, finding that balance between art and business. Oh yeah, we got the no, normally the cat makes like cameo appearances, but I guess he's chilling doing other shit today. He's like peeking in, listening. <laughs> but um, I guess the whole thing was yeah, like I said, finding the balance between your art and business and placing value on it. Whether it's you know it's, it's such a trip, and I will say that I was something someone who really had a hard time doing that. Like for the longest time, I was like. Even like for sessions, I had a hard time charging people. I couldn't even, I was just like, I don't know if it's, it just felt weird. And I, w- I would just say, like, know your value, know your worth, and like your time is valuable and like your art deserves to be heard and it is valuable. And so I don't know, just working with that balance through trial and error is the only thing that like got me to where I am. And like, if I hadn't have like just sucked it up and like tried to, do things that I wouldn't have done, I would still just be getting Hungarian hate comments on my post. <laughs> Even if that's where it ended, at least you yeah. got to go to Hungary and shoot yeah. a video. How many people could say that? <laughs> yeah, it's polarizing people, apparently. <laughs> um, you guys are welcome to come back anytime. Um, and, you know, I, I hope that you come back. And, you know, we'll, maybe we'll have a more a s- specific, like, thing to talk about or whatnot, but... We could get all of Wapina too. Yeah, uh, get yeah. Michael Coast. I gotta have Michael on here because this Michael <laughs> yeah. sounds like a real awesome dude. Uh, if you wanted to have like a ten-hour-long episode, definitely have Michael. Yeah, on there. you're interacting <laughs> with the real-life merman when you talk to Coast. You may need to have someone following with the camera though. He's yeah, he'll be on the other side of town, he's like halfway through a sentence, just like. <laughs> yeah, he's incredible. We would love to come back whenever. For sure, man. Absolutely. Any combination of us, you know. Okay. Yeah, you're good. You're natural at this podcast. Yeah. You like you keep the you keep the flow going. I just it, yeah. you know, I I like I like talking to to people who are doing things that I like to see and I like talking about things that I care about and you know, I not I'm you know, not to make it about me, but it's just like I a, a lot of why this is an important outlet to me is just because a lot of the conversations that I would like to have in my daily life, I just don't get to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, hence the fucking ring lights. Yeah. You know? Hey, it looks great though. Oh, shit. You know, I'm down to chop up with you whenever. Yeah, yeah. for sure, bro. You Even if the cameras are off, we should, yeah. You should come over. <laughs> definitely come over. Yeah. No, the, we'll, new, the new house. Yeah, yeah. And congratulations on that again, Thanks, man. man. Thanks, but man. We'll all kick it non-podcast related, but we'll also kick it again on the podcast. Yeah, yeah we'll do some We'll collab. get you in the studio. Yeah. And then, that's, and honestly, I, because I, I need to branch out and work with people more. <laughs> like, I, uh, typically, I, I do everything in-house, and then, mm-hmm. typically, I'll have somebody else mix and master, um, because right now I'm not set up to mix, but as far as the composition process, I do it all by myself. But I need to break myself out of that. But for sure, yeah. I don't know, but that's something I aspire to be doing more of too. It's like I'm I'm the opposite, where it's like everything I've done has happened because of the people involved. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm trying to become more self sufficient in certain areas too. But it's like that's yeah. the beauty of it is like you never have to do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. You always can do it by yourself. Um, but yeah, yeah. As long as yeah, what you end up with is true to yourself yeah Yeah. guys it's been a pleasure and um this is gonna wrap this episode up so i will see you guys next week and i will see you guys probably soon soon whenever bro hell yeah bye guys see you bro